It was actually last night, but we'll go with it. Tonight was the night. Last night was the night. The Cavaliers woke up and they took it to the Knickerbockers. And when this song talks about orange and blue, they're not talking about the Knicks. This, of course, is the late, great Michael Stanley Band and his uh, Tonight's the Night Cavs anthem from back in the 80s and early 90s when the Cavs wore that orange and blue color scheme. Um, hello, everybody. Welcome into Living Off the Land. This is episode 254. A little bit of a different flavor on this episode tonight. Tonight, we are going to be talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers and the NBA playoffs. Uh, it's going to be kind of like one of our Browns postgame shows, but Cavs-style as uh, we are going to look back on games one and mainly game two as the Cavs even up the series with the Knicks as we head to uh, game three on Friday in New York at the Garden. Uh, I'm Dan, here with Steve. Steve, it's Wednesday night. Well, you know what that means. Uh, It's not going to be a normal show, as Dan said, but going to be a lot of basketball talk, particularly Cavs tonight. A lot of round And we got to talk about... We got to talk about the bad along with the good. Uh, we went through the sort of the valley and then the heights, you know, within the, la- the last couple days. Um, game one obviously did not go the way that a lot of us thought it was going to, but game mm-hmm. two was very much a bounce back. And in a lot of ways, yeah, especially in the playoffs, you know, some sports are like this. Basketball is not so much because the regular season is mostly, you know, from game to game, it's like, okay. It's kind of irrelevant to a large degree. You just want to get in the playoffs for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, ideally, you'd land in the top four seeds so you can at least be in the home in the first round. But uh, beyond that, it's really not a big deal if you win 45 games or 60 games. But be that as it may, once you get to the playoffs, every game matters, and you almost start to get in this now instant you know, gratification, super, you know, breaking news kind of society that we're in nowadays you know you get these memes and these you know narratives that just kind of go from game to game and uh the narrative after game one was that the cavaliers were soft s-a-w-f-t soft yeah they got punked in game one essentially Uh, especially the guys on the front line jared allen and evan mobley got punked uh by mitchell robinson and julius randall and and really uh the guards too from the Knicks. I mean, how many how many offensive rebounds did uh, 
did Josh Hart have in game one? It was absolutely disgusting how many offensive rebounds the Knicks got. And it reminded me in a lot of ways of the last game he played against the Knicks in the regular season at the end of March. It was a very similar situation. They badly out, Knicks out, badly out-rebounded the Cavs that night. They did the same thing in this game. And, you know, what do we say? When the game is on the line, you need to do two things more than anything else. Mm-hmm. One is you have to shoot free throws. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is you have to rebound the ball. You got to box out, man. And... To the Cavs' credit, they did a good job on the first thing, but the second, oh my goodness gracious, twice in the final minute of the game, with the game on the line, with the Cavs having a chance, Knicks missed, Cavs have a chance to rebound the ball, to get the ball back, and to tie or take the lead, and they could not get a rebound either time. Terrible. Yeah. Cost them, literally cost them the game. Yeah, uh, it was not a fun night on Saturday night. Cavs, uh, Cavs fell to the Knicks, one hundred one to ninety seven, um, and I and I gotta say the score was not very indicative of how that game felt like it went. It felt like the exact opposite of what the Cavs did last night when they, they ended up only winning by seventeen, but but the Cavs were for most of the second half were flirting up you know twenty to twenty five, and that's kind of how it felt in game one. That we actually had the lead with two minutes left. In yeah, the game Knicks one. tried to gag it. Yeah. Um, Cavs had a nine. We're down eight, and then the Cavs went on a nine-zero run between like four thirty left and two minutes left to take yeah. the lead. And then the Cavs, the Cavs actually ended up gagging it because they did get the lead. And then the last like minute and a half of the game, I think the Knicks had like three offensive rebounds. Yeah, like like I said, the, the last shots, two possessions they had, and then yeah, there was yeah. another one in there too. Yeah, you know, just just really bad, and then uh, you know questionable coaching decisions like like JV Bickerstaff putting Chetty Osman on Jalen Brunson down the stretch. Like, what is that? That's Brunson who didn't end who who barely played in the first half because of foul trouble ended up with like twenty seven points in game one because for whatever reason the Cavs decided to put Chetty Osman as his primary defender down the stretch, and he just worked him to death. What was JB thinking? There were some things with Put his... Ka- you know, Karis LeVert's not a great defender, but he's better than Jetty Osman. Put Karis LeVert on Jalen Brunson down the stretch. There were things that JB did, particularly with who he was playing in that game. Oh, my God! It made no sense. Will Burge uh, had one of the best tweets of all here. He said that the there was a combination of Karis LeVert, Ricky Rubio, and Dean Wade who in the regular season, they only played 98 minutes together the entire year. And they had of all com- combos that played at least 70 minutes this season. They had the worst offensive rating of any three-person combo in the National Basketball Association. Yet, J.B. Bickerstaff had them together on the floor for six minutes in game one. In the first quarter. Like, he didn't put them in in garbage time when the game was already decided. He put in a playoff game. First of all, what are we doing playing nine to ten guys in a playoff game, by the way? In the playoffs. In the first game. In, after you haven't played for a week and the, everybody's rested. Like, in, the playoffs, why? in the playoffs, your rotation is seven or eight guys. That's it. Should be. I mean, there are exceptions, but generally why? speaking, that's what it is. Listen, if this was Ricky Rubio of last year before he had the knee injury. Fine. Yeah, I can understand you getting minutes. 
he is as washed as a car wash at, at right after winter. Ricky Rubio cannot play NBA basketball anymore. He just can't do it. The knee injury, his age, it, he's been horrible all year. Horrible. Yeah, he shouldn't be playing at this point. Why is Dean Wade playing in the first quarter of an NBA playoff game? He, Why? He shouldn't be playing. It, it, yeah, this would be more permissible if this was like at some point in the game and you, some of your key guys get in foul trouble or something and you got no choice. You have to, you have to rest them so they don't foul out. But like again, first quarter. Like, how is that the game plan? Like, yeah. I just I don't get it. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand at all. Um, it uh, it was ve- it was very disappointing. Game one, obviously, had us thinking a, a lot and kind of uh, second guessing ourselves. You know, I mean, both both of us picked the Cavs to win the series. I wasn't necessarily saying. Oh, the series is over. The Cavs are going to lose because they lost Game One. I'm not, I, you know, I'm not going to fly off the handle that badly. No, but it did essentially make Game Two must win. Absolutely, positively must win. Must win. Had to have it. You go down 0-2, then going to and, and again, we're going to get to this. Stephen A. Smith saying that the Cavs aren't ready for an atmosphere like the Garden. I mean, get the hell out of here. But anyway, I mean, of course, he's he's gonna he's gonna back his guys. I mean, so okay, pretty but, much all Knicks fans are gonna okay, do that. But, but when's the when's the last time New York basketball has been relevant in anything since I'm Camby? Damn it, in the 1999 NBA Finals. I mean, maybe that's the point. Maybe you know, just like in Sacramento, I mean, it hasn't been that long that the Knicks have been in the playoffs, but. You know, this might yeah, be the well, first time that they've you know well, had an no, actual chance to win a series. I mean, that that that's not. I mean, they they played the Hawks two years ago in the playoffs when when they won the first the, the first game at home and ever and you know the Knicks are out celebrating like they just won the championship. Everybody's going bing bong and all this stupid shit. <clears throat> Sorry, uh, and then they ended up losing the series to the to the Hawks, and it ended with uh, Trey Young taunting the hell out of the New York crowd. That you know. That crowd, listen, I've, I have I have said, and I've said a lot of times on this podcast, that Madison Square Garden is one of the best atmospheres in the NBA. But it is. That crowd and those fans, the minute they sniff things going sideways, turn. Yeah. So, yeah, game three, and again – we're going to talk about game two next and all that goes with that and how great the Cavs played and how they smacked the Knicks around and whatever. But all the Cavs, in my opinion, all the Cavs need to do to win game three is come out of the gates hot. You come out of the gates hot and you get a lead on the Knicks, that fan, that crowd and that fan base will get uneasy in a snap. You know, it's actually a great parallel that you brought up that 2021 series between New York and Atlanta. And I didn't realize New York was actually the fourth seed that year. That's yeah, pretty incredible, actually. Um, New York, as you said, won game one of that series. They didn't win another game the rest of the series and lost it 4-1. to one. Oddly enough, I don't know exactly whose account it was, but I ended up, I remember seeing this prediction by this dog that was bouncing the balls off his nose down the <laughs> stairs. And... He had said in his, you know, in predictions, you know, woof woof, that the Knicks would win Game One of this series, and then the Cavs would win the next four and win it in five. 
that prediction's looking pretty pretty rosy and pretty good right about now. I would love to believe that. <laughs> oh yeah, obviously. And for the Knicks, that would be a repeat of 2021. I mean, that would be. <laughs> I do. I do think that if the Cavs win Game Three, we're we're that 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 very well could happen. Sim play. Yeah. Yeah. That very well. I, I for me, I think the only chance the Knicks have to win this series is to win Game Three. I find it hard to believe that the Cavs will win both games in New York here. I think we're probably looking at the game, the series being tied two two. But well, I, you, you l- never listen, know. I mean, the Cavs' track record on the road this year has not been good. So you're probably you're probably smart in saying that. I just, you know, the Knicks are one of those teams and one of those franchises that, you know, when one thing goes wrong, it just seems to kind of snowball. And I think if the Cavs come out strong in Game Three. I think they're going to be, you know, a lot of people in that building are going to be looking around, waiting for somebody else to step up, and they're not going to be able to do it. Anyway, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here, talking about Game Three and going on into Madison Square Garden, blah blah. blah. Let's talk about we, we we lamented Game One. Let's talk about Game Two because Game Two was a hell of a lot more like what we were expecting out of this basketball team uh, in the playoffs. Now, I think I think as Cavs fans, Game One. Yeah, losing was really bad, and I think we may have collectively had an overreaction because as Cavs fans, even though this is now five years since essentially our golden era of of Cavs basketball, we're a little bit of a jaded fan base, I think, because like I feel like we're still kind of living in the LeBron years where like we expect to just like blow through like the, the Eastern Conference. And I think when we lost, I think almost not not even for the for the team. I think for the fan base, I think this might have been losing game one might have and 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 this all goes out the window if we end up losing the series because we're gonna we're gonna look back and lament losing game one. But I think for a fan base, I think game one playing out the way it did might almost be a good thing for the fans. It was a reality check. Yeah, because I think like. I think like we were just we were probably and and I know I was like this because I was expecting the the place to be raucous and it was and, and all this and and I'm thinking back to like the 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 2016 2017 teams uh, that era where you know where we just basically were blowing teams off the floor on on our home court and it was not like that it was a lot tougher and I think it was like whoa okay this is actually what playoff basketball is it isn't just like you know playing pickup for the first three rounds and then okay now it's time to lock in once we get to the NBA finals like we're not we're this is this is going to be a dogfight. 2017 I think 2016 and 2017 one of those years the Cavs only lost one game in the first three rounds before the NBA finals I think it was 2017 which just showed you how unbeatable the Warriors were that year because the Cavs went down in five games in the finals. Yeah. And, but, yeah, it was it was very – 2016 and 2017, the playoffs were honestly very boring in the early rounds. And, yeah, the the Cavs were just toying with teams. Team is not, not that good now. I mean, they, they can't just do – in fact, no team in the NBA right now is good enough to do that. Even the, the top seeds in the West and the East are not that good are not so dominant to be able to do that. This is the most balanced playoff bracket I think I can ever remember in my lifetime where there could be like 
six or seven different teams that I could legit see going all the way. And you could even make a case maybe for an eighth or a ninth, depending on, you know, a few external factors. You know, so, yeah, it is going to be one of those situations where it, it's going to be a fight. You're going to have some games where one team or the other comes out dumpy and loses. That's just that's just kind of the nature of the beast of what we're dealing with here. I just got to hope that how the Cavaliers came out in game one doesn't happen more than once more in this series because otherwise they probably won't win the series. You know. Yeah. Um. And with that would be a big indictment of J.B. Bickerstaff as well if that were to happen. So I'm certainly not rooting for that. Uh, right. No, I, I, I agree with that. Um, but game two, I thought, you know, game two, I don't know about you, I expected the Cavs to come out like gangbusters at game two. And that, yeah. And that didn't happen. At least not initially. Uh, it took them a few minutes to to get their legs under yeah, them. They, took them, they, took they, them about the first half of the negatively. first quarter, and the Knicks jumped out to I think it was like a thirteen to six lead, and then Darius Garland hit two threes in a row, and the place got jumping, and Garland was off to the races. Darius Garland, he he caught a lot of slack, but not because he necessarily played bad in game one. He just he seemed like he was a little like, I don't know. He was kind of expecting Donovan Mitchell to just take the game by the by its throat and and uh, pull the Cavs to victory in Game One. He kind of was almost like okay with taking a backseat to to Donovan in in Game One. That was certainly not the case uh, last night. Uh, Darius Garland scored twenty six points in the first half. And set the tone for that game last night. Um, you know, we we just uh, just talked about the fact that the Cavs got got put in a little bit of a hole to start the game. Uh, the crowd was a little bit uneasy. Uh, I was listening to it on the radio because I was driving home. I uh, wasn't able to see the game from the start, but um, you could even hear it through the radio. That I think the Cavs called a timeout when the Knicks went up twelve or thirteen to six or something like that. And Some could, of the tweets during that timeout were it, yeah, you could even hear it during the radio that that were pretty the, revealing. The, the the arena and the crowd was a little bit uneasy, and and again, I go back to the fact that I I I I think as a fan base, we're still a little bit jaded. You know, this is the first time that we've played in a playoff game since the NBA Finals in 2018, and those four well, not necessarily 2018, but the three years previous. We essentially just coasted through the East. And it was almost like the Eastern Conference playoffs were like a preseason for the NBA Finals. We had one series that was tough in 2015 in the second round. But, yeah, other than that, round one and round three were pretty easy. 2018 was really, again, yeah, the only year where they really had to fight to get the uh, to the Because round one went the distance and round three went the distance as well. Yeah. But um, that being said, I'm not sure if it was so much jadedness in that moment, more so than it was maybe old school Cleveland of, oh no, look what's happening here. Yeah, you know, was starting to creep in a little bit, perhaps. I, I don't know. I I I, I disagree with that because, with, especially with this Cavs team, because the Cavs have been to the mountaintop and they've 
they've crossed the finish line. Um, and again, that was a different era, it was a different different team. That's now God. That's now seven years ago already. My God. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I, for me, it was kind of like, oh boy, I'm not used to doing this. I'm not used to you know fighting for my life, fighting fighting for my life in the in the first round of the playoffs. Because it's like when we had LeBron here for all these years. Yeah, 2018, we did have a we did have the series against the Pacers go to go to the go to the distance. But even though that went to a seventh game, I never I, I never for one single solitary second thought we were going to lose that series. I was at that game seven in round one in 2018 against Indiana, and I, yeah, I I did get the general vibe in the building. Even when the Pacers had the lead in the second quarter, like. Everybody was just kind of like, yeah, you know, everything's kind of fine. You know, we're all freshly squeezed. We're going to make it, you know. But <laughs> it was a very interesting vibe in the building. And again, maybe the championship just two years before it was a big reason for that. Yeah. Um, And it just changed everybody's mentality, perhaps for an entire generation. I'm not sure. But uh but after you know. that, you know, we kind of we kind of talked about it with Darius Garland kind of taking the game by its horns. The Cavs, at, from that point on, were absolute gangbusters in that game. Um, it it was it was a little bit once we got into the second quarter, it looked like that this game was going to be played. It was like a '90s just knockdown drag out. I mean, halfway through the second quarter, the the score was like 32 to 24. Yeah, and then the Cavs just went on a rampage and ended up with uh, ended up with 59 uh, points 59 points in the first half. Um, they just started hitting threes, and I'll tell you what, I already get, I already heap praise on Darius Garland. The other guy that I'm going to heap praise on, and this is probably going to be extremely frustrating throughout the playoffs because I think you've literally seen him these first two games. Where game one he did absolutely nothing, and game two he was like the second best player on the court. Karis LeVert was awesome last night. 24 points off the bench. He hit, uh, I don't remember how many threes he hit, but it had to be about a handful. Um, he, well, listen, if, if he, it's not going to happen because the story of Karis LeVert's career is uh, two bad, two good games, one bad game. Two bad games, one good game. Like, he's, he's, he's Larry Hughes reincarnated. You cannot depend on this guy. No. I mean, you but, just have to appreciate when he has a great game and he's just, you know, but dropping to me, dimes, but but listen to me. When Karis Levert is on, the Cavs can play with literally anybody in the NBA. The problem is, is you don't know when it's going to happen. the 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 most disappointing thing about Game One in this regard is, for the last two months of the regular season, he has been good, Karis Levert. You know, we've gotten good games out of him eighty percent of the time. And then game one, for whatever reason, and, you know, you can say the same thing about Evan Mobley. You know, Karis LeVert's played in the playoffs before. Evan Mobley, that was his first taste of NBA playoff basketball. You can understand why maybe he was a little nervous going into that and and played like it. But Karis LeVert was awful in game one. He was a literal 180 in game two, and he was the second best player on, on the court. He was even better than Donovan Mitchell last night. Donovan didn't really have... You know, he only shot the ball 11 times. I think that's because he saw that that Darius and Karras were cooking, and he was kind of just playing a decoy last night. Yeah. I mean, you know, if Darius Garland's going to put in 30-plus and Levert's going to score 24, 
Donovan Mitchell doesn't he really doesn't, have he to. He doesn't need to go. He big. doesn't have to force anything. Look at game one. Yeah. He scored 38 and we lost. Mm. You know, but there will be times where we're going to need Donovan Mitchell to score 38, 40 points, probably in this series to win a game. Yeah. Maybe but, even as early as game three. But I thought it was great that in, that in game two, you know, he was able to recognize pretty early on that, okay, this is a Darius Garland game. So I'm going to do whatever I can to, to take the pressure off of him as being a decoy so they weren't able to double him, get him in spots where he could be successful, and then pick his own spots. He only took 11 shots. He scored 17 points, was 6 of 11 from the field. Um, and, uh, you know, he kind of just – you know, was there? He had a co- couple timely shots, um, but for the most part, it was the the Garland and Lavert show. Um, so what I found interesting was uh, Isaac Okoro played three minutes, got two fouls early in the first quarter, and then did not play the rest of the game. What do you make of that? I'm not sure what to make of that, actually, but maybe it was just a case of Levert having the hot hand, and they they just felt like, okay, we're going to play him. We're not going to play Isaac. Um, it could be some of that, or just I don't want to read too much into it because you know you don't want to say Isaac Coros in the doghouse based on the fact that he didn't come back in one game. But uh, you know, I hope it's just a case of JB recognizing who's doing good, who's not, and you know just rolling with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um I I I think, you know, JB took a lot of flack after game one. And, and deservedly so. Deservedly so. But I gotta give him credit. He made the adjustments in game two and the adjustments worked. He shortened the rotation. Um shortened it considerably. I mean, I don't think Rubio I don't think Rubio or Dean Wade played in game two. Uh, Isaac Okoro only played three minutes. Um, and, uh, did I just hear you say three minutes? minutes? So I give him credit for that. He made the adjustments. He made the adjustments that needed to happen. Let's hope that they keep happening. Let's hope that they keep going. And, uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, move towards game three and hopefully, man, if the Cavs win game three, I'm not going to say th- that it's over because that would be premature. But the Cavs win game three. They are really looking good in this series, in my opinion. Um, being up 2-1 is better than being down 2-1. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, because then, I mean, in game four, literally all of the pressure in the world is on the Knicks. You win game three, you did what you had to do, you took back home court advantage in the series, and then game four is essentially the, is essentially what game two was for the Cavs, for the Knicks in game four. They have to win. After that game two performance, and knowing what happened with the Cavs in game one, you had some guys playing their first playoff game ever, had some dumpy performances from some of the key guys, Maybe the coach not having his best game either. I find it hard to believe that all those factors are going to line up again in any of the remaining home games. It's kind of hard for me to see the Knicks taking another game here. Yeah. So my gut feeling is is that the only way the Knicks win this series is that they win all three games in New York. Could that happen? 
given how the Cavs have played on the road all season, I suppose. But it just seems hard to believe that between Mitchell and DG and Lavert and these other guys that we won't have one game at least where we shoot like crazy and win. Yeah, at I, some I, point for on me, the road. for me, I think the only way the Knicks win this series is if they win games three and four at home, because they would have to. I don't think we're coming back from a three-one deficit. I, I know we're 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 the team that did it in the finals, but I it I, wouldn't I be impossible, but it's a tall order for yeah. sure. So. For me, I think that's the only way the Knicks win this series is if they win games three and four home. If if it comes back game five, two, two, I think the Cavs are going to win the series. No, I, yeah, I I can't think because like you said, because like you said, I don't see. Listen, the Cavs had to play one of their worst. In my opinion, I think the Cavs played one of their worst games in the entire season in game one, and they lost by four. They nearly stole it at the end. Too. Yeah, yeah. So. I uh, I definitely I, I'm okay with the position the Cavs are in. Obviously, we would we would love to be up. Rather two, be up two now. Two, not, we yes. would I would love to be uh, the Sacramento Kings right now. Up two zero. Uh, Draymond Green getting suspended. They're on top of the world right yeah. now. My oh, yeah. goodness. Yeah, Mike Brown just won Coach of the Year again. So deservedly so. By the 100%. way, absolutely 100%. nobody thought Sacramento was going to be what, what, the third three seed, seed. Third seed in the West. What are you kidding? And they're up against the defending NBA champions in the first round. They're beating them two 0 I this, did. Did either one of us have Sacramento winning? I don't think so. I don't think hardly anybody has Sacramento winning that series. Oh, at, I, at the outset, I thought I picked them. Or did you? Okay, I, thought I did. Okay, maybe that's I'd have to listen back. That's to right, because we were opposite on pretty much every series in the West. So that that would make sense. Yeah, I think I, I think uh, maybe three I, of the four series we were opposite. I think maybe I wasn't. I know, obviously, we were opposite. We were opposite, definitely, and... on Lakers and Memphis, which yeah. the Lakers took game one of that series. It looks like Memphis is about to take game two. The other series was Clippers versus Suns. They, those two teams split those first two games there. Yeah. So, really not a whole lot to really lead on on either one of those right now. Uh, the Lakers aren't completely out of it yet. They're down eight with 3.50 to go. They might... St- Still have a shot. God, LeBron is one of seven from three in this game. Good mm. lord! Does he have twenty-five points? He does not. He has twenty-two. So I might lose that bet. Ooh, he's got to get. Well, he's got to get three points in the last three. Yeah, well, he's not going to hit a three-pointer, so I'm going to need an and one in him for actually make the free throw. You just have two field goals. Well, I'm trying to think of the. I'm trying to think of the quickest way to get there because mm. there's only th- there's less than four minutes to go in the game. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, uh, does this does the, the does the way the first two games play out change your prediction in who wins this series and how many games? Because I think did both of us have Cavs in six? Yes, I, and the answer is no, it doesn't. So it, both of us had the Cavs closing out the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. My feeling was is that the Knicks were going to get one of the games in Cleveland. I wasn't expecting it was going to be Game One, but they did, and that the Cavs were going to pull. One of game three or game four, and then they were going to close it out in the Garden in game six. I, I, I still see that as most likely, especially considering the nature of the two games that the Cavs dominated game two and didn't play well at all in game one, yet somehow still nearly pulled it. So, yeah, I no, I, I, I'm still thinking that's what happens here. Yeah, um, I agree with you. 
I, I still have the Cavs in six. Uh, I think the Cavs – I actually think the Cavs are going to win game three. Um, and then I think game four is going to be an absolute dogfight. Um, I don't know. I – you know, I don't know why I'm thinking this way, but the Cavs were a bad road team this year. Mm. Why do I feel good going into both games three and four? I, I think the Cavs have a legit chance to win I both prob- games. I mean, you just saw them blow the Knicks out in game two. I mean, yeah, yeah naturally I mean, you're going to be. I guess maybe because maybe because over the last couple months of the season, the Cavs were a better road team. Because at one They point, did significantly better in the last two months on the yeah. road than they did. I, I mean, just, at one point they were like six or seven games under 500 on the road, and they ended up 20 and 21. Um, it did help that they played a whole bunch of games against teams like Charlotte and Orlando. You know, some of the real true. dregs of the league down the stretch that did help, but they still they still pulled some road games against good teams along the way too. So LeBron's got 24. Yeah, Brooklyn comes to mind they won two games at brooklyn when they're a playoff team so i swear to you if he ends this game on 24 points <laughs> he has 24 points with 320 left he's, uh, he's gotta a, get he's gotta get fouled at some point it's a six, line it's a six think. point game yeah so uh yeah so anyway uh yeah i uh i definitely agree with that um so the Cavs are looking pretty good, I would say. I, I, I feel good going into game three. And we will see what happens. That game is Friday. Game four is game four on Sunday. It's gotta be Sunday, I would think. Yeah, so so we'll have Either the twelve thirty or three thirty time slot, I would think. So we'll probably be record oh, I wonder when game five is. If game five is on Wednesday next week. Looking it up right now. Yeah, the game four on Sunday is at one PM, so it's the early game. Okay. That makes sense because they're they're putting the Kings versus the Warriors on at three thirty, twelve thirty on the West Coast. Uh game five. Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm looking for it right now and Oh boy, I'm not. I'm actually not even seeing it. So it's it's either Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not sure which. <clears throat> Boom, twenty six for LeBron. Let's go. Mm. Cash, cash the ticket. All right. Money, 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 money. It's a it's a ten dollar bet. It's a ten dollar bet at plus one hundred. But I will tell you what. I have been on such an insanely incredible cold streak. I looked at my uh, FanDuel account. I've lost nine straight bets. Nine <laughs> straight <laughs> bets. I needed that one. Ice cold. Holy oh crap did I need that one. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. I can't wait till we get to football season. We're doing picks and you lose nine straight. Oh, you're going to be so oh mad. <laughs> You have no idea, my friend. Nine. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to get one of these accounts when we get to that point. Jeez. Yeah. I've been refraining up to this point. but. Uh, and then I had uh, a uh, – and then listen to this little little ditty I put together. Uh, so this is to break – this is to get off the schneid on FanDuel. Uh, I have a, a three-leg parlay. Uh, two legs were in the uh, Bucks game. One leg voided because one of the legs was Giannis to score 20 points. He did not play, so that voided. Hmm. 
So now it's a two-leg parlay. I need Drew Holiday to score 15 points. And then I have the Houston Astros on the money line against Toronto. I actually a this is how game? this is how desperate <laughs> this is how desperate I am. I'm betting on the cheaters. Oh my god. Cheat, please. This this deserves the Blue Jays deserve to score about 12 runs tonight. Well, it, it, well I'll bet. tell you what. Just it, for that. It's 2-1 <laughs> to one Astros in the top of the eighth inning. No outs. The Blue Jays have runners on first and second, so I might be screwed. <laughs> oh, Canada. Mother effers. Yeah, so. <clears throat> and Drew Holiday has 14 points uh in the second quarter. So that that so, that leg is probably going to hit, but I need the Astros to win. So game 5 between the Knicks and the Cavs is not till next Wednesday. Yeah, I kind of figured. So we're going to have to figure out kind of what we're going to do for that. We're going to be recording late probably. Yeah. Following the conclusion of that game. It'll be a true post-game show. So, um yeah. So be looking forward to that. Hopefully, how cool will that be to be a closeout game for the Cavs? Win games 3 and 4. And close that them little, out at home. That little puppy dog's prediction would be heck yeah, you know, coming completely true if that Hell happens. Hell yeah, man! The corgi, the magic corgi. <laughs> so uh, we'll be waiting for that. Uh, be sure to interact with us on social media over the weekend as we uh, watch games three and four and get ready for game five next Wednesday night. Hopefully, to close out the Knicks. So. Uh, some other topics, uh, really not going to get into the guardians tonight. We wanted this to be more of a Cavs centric podcast. The guardians, uh, have played like they won today, but they've played like poop over the last two days. They lost a, they got swept in a double header by the tigers and got shut out in one of those games. One, nothing, not good. There are some years where the guardians don't lose two games of the tigers all season. I know they lost two in a day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Jose Ramirez had a big home run today. Uh, that kind of got that. That was the only runs I think that the Guardians scored. It was a three-run home run. The Guardians won three to two. So, uh, Guardians are ten and nine on the season so far. This is so typical of a Tito Francona team. Ten and nine. Oh. Yeah, but this is so typical of a of a Tito Francona. Just stay, just stay at or above water for the first couple months of the year. Wait till the weather gets hot and then the team gets hot. This is just how this works under Terry Francona. The Guardians do not have a bunch of guys that are going to hit a bunch of home runs. So in the first couple months of the season, the offense is not going to be very good. So the problem is we now have three of our uh, three of our starting pitchers that we broke camp with now hurt. Cal Quantrill took a line drive off. It looked like the ankle today. And he he did not he had to come out of the game right then and there. So that is not good. Um, the Guardians will be bringing up probably one of their big time pitching prospects uh, for Monday. I believe they need a starting pitcher for Monday. They sent Hunter Gaddis down. Uh, Ahmed Rosario is a little bit banged up, so they brought up one of their big shortstop prospects. Uh, Bar- I think Barian Rocchio, I think is his name. Um, so the guardians are in flux right now. They are dealing with a lot of injuries right now, uh, to their pitching. And then their starting shortstop is, is a little bit banged up. You pretty much can't win if you have three starting pitchers injured. 
It's, it's right. almost impossible. I mean, you still have your ace in Shane Beaver, but Tristan McKenzie's not going to pitch until June. Uh, Aaron Savali's probably looking at another month out. And now Cal Quantrill took a line drive off the leg. That's so unlucky. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's unlucky. I mean, you come through camp, you come out. And, and he was pitching really games, well, too. You play really well, and then just like a freak accident like that, like, that, man, that sucks. Yeah, he was pitching really well, too. So, um, and yeah, the Grizzlies are, are going to tie it, tie it up. They're up ten with thirty seconds left. So, in other news, LeBron, LeBron, one of eight from three. We haven't talked about the other series in the East yet. We, there was a probably the big shock of the first round of games was the Bucks losing oh, to yeah. the eight seeded Heat, yeah. and that was largely due to Giannis Antetokounmpo's uh, tailbone injury. Oh yeah. Uh, well, they're up. They're up by. They're up by he's thirty. Not playing tonight, and the Bucks are up by thirty-two they're up, they're at up, the moment. They're up by thirty with three minutes left in the second quarter. If you need them, seventy-five points in the first twenty-one minutes of the game. Yeah, Milwaukee is a wagon, man. They are a wagon. I don't. I. I. I if Giannis is healthy, I think. I think he's going to win his second ring. I don't think there's anybody that's going to beat them. Uh, Boston, no. I don't think so. Milwaukee was my pick to win the finals. Yeah, I just, I just the the West is a jumbled mess. I don't trust any team out West. I like the Kings, but I I can't see the Kings winning a championship. It sounded like in the last episode you were highest on Phoenix. I do I like, I, yeah, I do like Phoenix if they can stay healthy. My problem is, is they have Kevin Durant and Chris Paul on their team. So, how can I be assured that they're going to stay healthy? <laughs> you know, so that's the thing. I, I, I do think that that the uh, the Suns uh, have the most overall talent. I mean, you look at DeAndre Ayton, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> if they are able to stay healthy, yeah, I think that would be a banger of an NBA Finals, but. I and then there's the whole thing of trusting Chris Paul. In that would be a rematch of the 2021 Finals, actually. Yeah, if it except, was Phoenix versus Milwaukee. Yeah, except uh, Milwaukee would essentially have the same team, and Phoenix would have a hell of a lot more firepower. So, um, but yeah, that uh, that'll be interesting. I I I think I I think Miami shot their wad in the first game. I I think that series is four one Milwaukee. You know, and I was almost at some point going to bring up the idea of, okay, so the Heat won game one. Giannis isn't playing game two. Does this possibly lead a pathway for the Heat to maybe pull off a monster upset and make the road deeper into this bracket possible for the Cavs? But with, Possibly. You know, but uh, obviously that's not going to form tonight. So no, you know, I think and, we can yeah. cl- close the books on that line yeah. of thinking. Absolutely. So uh, anyway – uh, we we covered the Guardians a little bit. Um, we got to talk about UEFA Champions League. Yeah, I mean, hold on. Wait a the minute. The quarterfinals were uh, second legs were played the last two days. Uh, we're now down from eight teams to four, two of which are in, from the same city. Oddly enough, and it's same not city, Madrid. Same country. It's not London. It's not even Manchester. It's Milan. That's right. The Derby della Madonnina for a place in the Champions League final in Istanbul. 
Drink it in, folks. Wish I had the version where the entire uh, San Siro screams champion, the champions at the end of this. The champions! Yes. Yes, folks. I know all of you out there listening care about this, but damn it. It's my team, so I'm going to talk about it. AC Milan yesterday took down the basically, I mean, you could throw City in there too, probably, but the hottest team in Europe. The largely uncrowned champions of Syria off. Yes. Napoli. Oh yeah, they're going yeah, they have a they have a fourteen point lead with like seven or eight games to go. I mean, they're they're going to win the Skidetto. Yeah. Um but anyway, Scudetto is last year's news for Milan. We got bigger. We got bigger, bigger goals this year. Got Steve. AC Milan can win the Champions League this year. They're in the last four. Yeah. You don't fluke your way into the last four. You you know you got through the group stage and you've won two knockout series now. Yeah, you're three games away from hoisting the championship of Europe. And don't tell me, don't tell me that it's impossible to beat Real Madrid or Man City. I, sure as hell not impossible to beat Man City. Not not they, in this tournament. Yeah, in this tournament, this tournament, of course. <laughs> Please. Yeah, everybody, if, if it does end up being AC Milan and Man City, everybody and their mother are going to pick Man City. And I'm going to be sitting over not here me. Like, <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs> Have you seen... How that team has pooped down their leg over the last five years in this tournament? Last year. Huh. They had a 5-3 aggregate lead on Real Madrid. Boom. With just a few minutes left in the game. Boom. Boom. The Three football goals. gods, football, association football, basically said, hold on a second. Real Madrid has won this thing 13 times. They're about to lose to a team that's never won it before. Does not compute. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh there are four teams left in this uh in this Champions League. There's a 14-time winner, a 7-time winner, a 3-time winner, and a team that And has Manchester City. Not won it. It, it would arguably the best team in maybe one of the best teams in world football over the last five, seven, I don't know how many years. Definitely the best team that has not won this thing. I, so it's all thoroughbreds at this point. Is is the point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's been a while for AC Milan and Inter. Uh, or as my brother likes to say, Inter. And as and, I like to say. say Internazionale. 
which is actually their actual name, but nobody nobody likes to. Uh, CBS Sports Golasso folks got into yeah. a really yeah. interesting exchange over that. Apparently, apparently Rafa Leal had no idea that was their J- name. Jamie Carragher said, you know, how do you feel about going up against Inter? And he, I guess he didn't hear or didn't understand the question. Yeah. So he said the second time around, he asked the same question, but said Internazionale. And he got roasted by the other guys on the yeah. panel for saying As you say it in a Scouser Liverpool accent. <laughs> So, um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, normally I would, I would fancy Milan's chances in this semifinal tie, uh, just because they did give up a goal late yesterday, 93rd minute, but it was late the, it was essentially already, they, they have, they have gone outside of that. They have essentially gone four knockout games without giving up a goal. They played over 270 minutes against Napoli in three games over the last month and didn't and give beat, up a goal and, until it and beat them on an aggregate score in those three games of six to one. That's incredible. Four nothing in the league and then one nothing and one one in the Champions League draw in the Champions League tie. Um, yeah, I. I like Milan to to obviously that that's that's heart overhead. I like Milan to uh to win the Derby della Madonnina and uh advance to the championship. Inter's final. had a slightly easier road up to this point. And nothing against Benfica. Benfica has won this thing before twice and, and they're they're a very solid team. But I think they played they don't have the before that Inter played Porto, right? Yes. So I they played two so. Portuguese so they, teams. Right. And again, Porto's a team that has won this competition in this millennium as well. So again, yeah. not at Porto's. Hey, tell, tell Juventus about Porto. They've been knocked out by Porto in, in this competition. Yeah. Recent years. Yeah. You so, know, I mean, you know it's not, not a, been knocked not, out not by a Porto. gimme, but it's not like they were playing Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Manchester city, or somebody like that to get to this point. So, you know, you it's know. interesting. Even, even though I, I would, I would really, I would like Milan's chances better against City than I would Real Madrid. I really hope it's Milan and Real Madrid in the final. I think a lot of people would love to see that. The two teams of the most European Cups among the them. The two biggest clubs historically as far as championships won in Europe against each other. You have Carlo Ancelotti, who's the, who won, uh, I think, two Champions Leagues with Milan. Two or three, I think it was two. Won two Champions League trophies with Milan. Is now coaching for Real Madrid. Would be coaching against his former team. And there would also be no English teams in the final. Hmm. So that's what I'm hoping for. Uh Listen, a lot of Premier League fans will be bent out of shape out of that. Well, go get bent. You can start worrying about that next year when your team is in the Champions League. I'm crossing my fingers that Newcastle get there. Massive fixture this coming up on Sunday against Tottenham. Ooh, I feel aren't like, you aren't you guys like three points up on them and have a game in and hand? have a game in hand. So if you but win some, that game, but some of the other teams behind them, like Brighton and Aston Villa, are just a few points behind Tottenham and are very much in form too. So I don't think it's just a two person race. But I think if, if you win that game and you go six points clear of Tottenham with a game in hand, I mean, you've got to be feeling really they're good. They're not a factor anymore. At that point, you're probably thinking more about Villa and Brighton. Yeah. 
and maybe even Liverpool because they're, I think, only another point behind Brighton. Boy, you know, they are just lurking, man. You, you know, every time I feel like I've seen them play on TV, it's like they're, they're like, losing Putting up a to whole whoever bunch of goals. they— or losing. Or they're just losing. Yeah. They either lose games so they or they're winning game big. Was against United? They won 7 They won 7 0. 7 0. They beat Leeds 6 1 in their last game, and they yeah, had a 9 0 like over Bournemouth yeah, earlier like this year. They're kicking the crap out of teams, but, or they're just dropping points all over the place. Yeah. It, they're just so they're the, weird. They're the Karis Levert of the Premier League. Right. This year they are. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's weird because like like nobody has been able to. Uh, really stake a claim for that fourth spot in the Premier League that they're just they're 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 lurking still. They're still in it. I mean, they they're like eight points behind or nine points behind Newcastle, but I mean, there's there's still time. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. As much as I'd like to say Newcastle will just go on a big run, I mean, they they still have to play Tottenham. They still have to play Arsenal. They still got to play Brighton. That's not a gimme. Yeah. Honestly, they're they play Chelsea still too, but at Stamford Bridge, but. Honestly, that looks easy by comparison with yeah. those other three I just mentioned. <laughs> uh, what is? Excuse me. What is your prediction now for uh, for the Champions League? Now that we know who, now that the semifinals are set. So I'm, I think the Inter versus Milan series is honestly going to come down to which team keeps their composure better, because it's a rivalry. There's a hell of a lot on the line. Mm-hmm. I feel like at some point one of these two teams is going to snap. Somebody's going to get a red card, and it's going to be, it's it's going to be curtains for them. I think that what's also interesting is that those two teams are also fighting for for uh, top four and Serie top four in Serie A. Yeah. So <clears throat> I do only just think Milan will go through. I think that they'll Inter will probably only get one goal through the whole series, and I, I think Milan will get two or three. So. Uh, Milan's defense right. has been fabulous this whole tournament, and they've it's been pretty darn good in the league too. So, um, so I, I like them. And then in the other series, yeah, you know, I got burned for picking against Real Madrid like three times last year. The Champions, I was like, oh, Chelsea's going to beat them. Oh, Liverpool's going to beat them surely. And then Manchester City, I was like, come on, there's no way Manchester. And then I saw Manchester City up those two goals with like 10 minutes left. I was like, yep, Real's going down. And then Real had that comeback. It's like, listen, I've been talking, there's... I've been talking about it in our group chat with our brothers for months now. And Mike has scoffed in my face about saying that the Champions League DNA, it it means something. It matters. It matters. Where's PSG right now? Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, where's uh? They lost to a see. Bayern team that wasn't even playing that good. At How about the time? some other teams that have never won the Champions League? They were in the knockouts. Oh, where's Tottenham right now? Yeah, I mean, credit Elon to them. Took them out. Credit to them. They've made it to a Champions League final in the last half decade, but they haven't. They didn't win. Um, yeah, I mean. It's just there's something about when you get in this tournament and you get into the knockout stages, even though it's not the same players, there's something about a club's aura that helps you. You know, even though none of these AC Milan players have won a Champions League, their technical director is Paolo Maldini. He's won five. He's the guy that's essentially in. He's he's the guy that is in charge of this club from a sporting side, and he's a guy that all the players go to. 
before these big moments, and he helps coach them through these. But he's not the coach, but you know, it'd be foolish not to lean on him for advice going into this. A guy like that has a certain legitimacy that others just don't. I mean, yeah. you could you, that guy walks into the dressing room, you know immediately he has right. the respect of everybody. Right, and and you know, I, I'm sure with a lot of these a lot of these guys, there had to be some nerves going into that game yesterday, and then you see. Paolo Maldini walk in, and, you know, like I said, he's won five Champions Leagues. I mean, that's the equivalent of the 20, I don't know, the 2035 Cavs being in the second or third round of the NBA playoffs. It's a game seven, and LeBron James walks in. Yeah. Yeah, he's the GM now or something. I mean, who, you know? know? I mean, who knows? By then, he might be the owner of the club. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But, uh Although I don't think Dan Gilbert, I don't, I don't think I mean, Dan. Who Gilbert's, knows how much? Clo- the I don't think the Gil- will be I, selling for. At I don't that think point. the Gilbert family is going to be selling the Cavs anytime soon. So, hmm. uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so then, uh, who do you see AC Milan playing in the final? It, it's got to be Real Madrid. Yeah, has to be. There's no way I'm. I, and, and for the final, I, I don't even want to pick a prediction, but it's almost impossible for me to pick against Real Madrid at this point. They, just, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it's got to be almost lose. impossible to, to, for anybody to pick against them. They've been in the semifinal of this tournament 11 out of the last 13 years. It's like their birthright to be in the final four of this tournament. Pretty much. They're in it. They're in the final four of this tournament every year. You know? It's like it's what they do. So, yeah, it would, it's almost impossible to pick against them. So I don't blame you if you're going to pick them to win it again. They've won the thing five times Listen, since 2014. The only reason why I'm not going to pick them to win it is because my team is still in it. Yeah. So of course I'm going to pick my team. But yeah, if if, if AC Milan had lost to Napoli and the final four would be Inter, Napoli, Real Madrid, uh, 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 City, I would be saying that this tournament's already over. Real Madrid's going to win their 15th. Napoli being in it would have actually been kind of interesting because you would have had two teams left that had never won previously. Yeah. Between City and Napoli, and those are the two teams that are arguably playing the best in the world. Which, again, kind of butts up against domestic form versus that European DNA when you get into this tournament. You know, that whole theory would definitely have been put to the test at that point. But uh, Napoli's not here, so. They are not. They were left back at the Stadio Diego Maradona in Naples uh, yesterday. They will not be proceeding in the Champions League. Them and all their fans who stayed up all night trying to keep the Milan players up, well, they yeah, they can well, get caught up on sleep now because they've yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't they didn't out. know that that hotel had a soundproof uh, glass window, so they didn't they, the Milan players actually didn't hear any of it. Which begs the question: so if that's a thing in in world football where the teams just go outside the other team's hotel, they find out where it is, and they just you know try to make as much noise as possible and try to keep them up all night. Oh, that happens here, too. Why do they even, why do they even bother traveling on the day previous? Why don't they, why don't uh, they just fly out in the morning? Do, do the leagues like make them go there the I day think, before? Well, Because I know leagues here do. At least the NBA. I know the NBA does, and I know the NFL does. Well, that's because they sometimes <coughs> sometimes they don't have a choice because they're playing back to backs and stuff like that. Yeah, well, in those cases, they have to fly out that, that the N- night after the game. They can't just stay yeah. there. Yeah, the NFL, the NFL flies usually flies into cities the day before. Yeah, on Saturdays. Um, I think it's I think it's mainly you know 
flying in on the day of the game, you're risking uh, difficult, like travel difficulties. You're risking maybe the weather and not being able to get to a city. Um, you know, maybe there's uh, mechanical uh, issues on the plane where your flight's delayed, and then you got to worry about okay, well now we got to delay the game, and now we got to postpone the game maybe. So I think that's probably it. And then also, you want to make sure. I think you want to make sure your players are adequately rested. So I don't know, F- flying on a maybe in a country like Italy where it's not that big, so you really never have any long flights unless like. Unless like you're a you're a Juventus or one of the Milan teams going down to play a team in Sicily or something like that, you really don't have any long flights. I could be off on the exact distance, but I would think Milan to Napoli to Naples. That's like probably the equivalent of Cleveland to Charlotte or Nashville. Yeah. If I had to guess, right? It's so you're not a at, terribly long yeah, trip. Yeah, so you're looking at like an hour and a half flight. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's more logistical than anything else. I think I mean, they just want to make sure that they get there. The players can get good, adequate rest, even though sometimes the fans of the other team try and make that not possible. But, um, yeah. Even, even Manchester to Madrid, that'd probably be like Detroit to Atlanta or something like that. Even that wouldn't be too yeah. terrible. Yeah, it's, cer- it's mean, certainly have, easier in Europe because... I mean, you'd have to do something crazy like, I don't know, Lisbon to Istanbul or or Madrid to St. Petersburg or something to get, like, a west coast to east coast from the U.S. Right. Right. So, and then and then if you look at it in the U.S., like in the NBA, like sometimes there are back-to-backs so, and, and teams have to fly the, the night of and, and whatever. You never see a back-to-back where a team has to go across the country. No. It's either, it's either they got to go, like, you know, sometimes the Cavs have had to go, like, they play a game at home and then the next night they're playing in, like, Charlotte or or at the probably the 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 farthest would be Orlando or Miami. I think the worst I saw for the Cavs this year is that they played in New Orleans one night and then they flew back and played home the next night. Yeah. That that's about as far as you'll ever see an NBA team travel on a back to back. Yeah. So anyway, uh we're kind of uh we're kind of rambling here. So uh that's that's probably gonna do it for this uh uh, this week's episode, uh, Cavs one one. We're going to we're going to the the mecca of basketball uh, for game three and four. Uh, <laughs> in our in you our didn't uh, see what Dan just did there. In our in our non-existent YouTube channel, uh, you'd be able to see what I just did, uh, <laughs> mocking the mecca of basketball. Um, Madison Square Garden. So hopefully the Cavs, hopefully the Cavs come back Game Five, and we're talking about the Cavs wrapping up the series next Wednesday. Yeah, we. But we'll see. We'll so. be on live after Game Five concludes next yes. next week. So that that's so anyway, be fun. that is it. And appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you can follow us on social media at Stiffs McGee and at Daniel J Ford. You can follow the show at the LOTL Podcast, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Go Cavs. See ya. Come on, Cavs.